0: Welcome to the State of Women Radio Network, the world's leading voice for women and girls who are transforming private equity, venture capital, crowdfunding, angel, and impact investing. Subscribe to our podcasts, join in the conversation on Facebook, and find all of the information you're looking for at thestateofwomen.com. Now, here's Women Investing in Women and Girls.
1: Welcome to Women Investing in Women and Girls on the State of Women Radio Network. I'm your host Michelle Jaffe, and we are so thrilled and honored to welcome our guest today on the show, Ms. Lakshmi Puri, who is the Assistant Secretary General of the United Nations and Deputy Executive Director of UN Women. Ms. Puri, it's great to have you on air with us today. How are you doing? I'm doing very
2: well, and the better for uh, being on this show because you know, women investing in women is all we are about, and, <laughs> and uh, we are also about igniting that as a movement worldwide. So it's wonderful to be here.
1: We are so thrilled. Um, our missions are totally aligned, so it's great on our end and, and your end to be having this conversation today. Um, so just to kick off our discussion, um, just to, to start out, I'd love to know from you, um, you know, as a deputy executive director of UN Women, what are the main focus areas of UN Women as a whole? Well,
2: UN Women is the only 21st century UN organization. Wow. It was created six years ago now and became operational uh, in uh, January 2011, and we are just five years young. Uh of course, in different parts, we were we existed before that, uh, but this was the ambition of the women's movement and uh, many member states to make sure that we have one integrated global organization that pushes the frontiers of intergovernmental norms and standards and agreements and political commitments that is a global advocate and that drives advocacy around the key issues of gender equality and women's empowerment and women's rights that is also a driver of a knowledge revolution including data and and statistics and the best practices that is, uh, 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 an ace partnership builder and uh, uh, you know this is uh, something that I do want to emphasize because one of our strongest suits is also to do movement building through both advocacy on one side but also through constituency building and partnership building with Mm -hmm. strategic partners like the women's movement itself civil society uh, even those that are not dedicated to gender equality, but who are in human rights or in environment or development, disarmament, every area of civil society, working also with the private sector and also with youth and faith-based organizations, because all these are game changers for movement building and changing the social norms and cultural norms which are fundamental to creating the new norm of gender equality and women's empowerment and women's rights. So Mm -hmm. these are the different functional. And then, of course, in 93 countries, UN Women is uh, doing programs uh, on women's Economic empowerment, uh, women's participation and leadership, ending violence against women, making gender equality central to national development planning and budgeting. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, and also engaging women in all aspects of peace and security processes and their outcomes and peace building and peace uh, making, right? And conflict prevention and now increasingly on ca- preventing and countering violent extremism. So these are the areas we work in. These are the thematic areas that we work in in terms of our intergovernmental normative, inter- and then uh, also uh, we work in um, you know, advocacy, um, opera- uh, the operational work, programmatic work, but also uh, the uh, whole issue of... Uh, knowledge, building knowledge on all of these areas. Yeah, and this is particularly, and so we have really made a mark and built up a strong uh, value uh, in these short five years and uh, have achieved, indeed, what we set out to do, in so many different ways. And it's really important. Our mandate is the biggest in the world. It's it's the biggest project for humanity. And now, with the adoption of Agenda 2030, the first universal agenda for uh, all countries for sustainable development, uh, with a timeline of 15 years Within a generation delivery time, gender has been put at the heart of that agenda. And we, as UN women, played a critical role in doing that.
1: We are so thrilled to have you today. Our missions are totally aligned, so it's great to have This conversation, now to kick off our conversation today, as the Deputy Executive Director of UN Women, can you tell us more about what the main focus areas of UN Women as a whole are? Yes. You know, our work
2: on the ground is about translating the norms and standards and commitment to gender equality and women's empowerment and women's human rights into regional and national and local norms, standards, laws, policies and measures and their effective implementation. That's the first. So, for example, if we are working on women's economic empowerment in 75 countries, which we are doing, What are we doing there? We are trying to work with governments to remove discriminatory legislation and laws and policies, uh, which, which discriminate against women's economic rights. Okay? And then also work with them to adopt policies and measures, not only to level the playing field, but to give a special advantage to women in terms of those policies and measures because of the need to make up for the disadvantage, current disadvantage that they face. There are 155 countries that have legislation that discriminate against women in one way or another. Wow. Okay. Yes. So you know, including in the economic area. And Other, other areas may affect the economic area, right? So this is just one example. Ending violence against women. We are working in 83 countries on ending violence against women programs for prevention, for protection, for prosecution of perpetrators related policies, and for delivering uh, effective and efficient multi-sectoral response services, right, to -hmm. victims and survivors. Then we are working in some 78 countries to support governments to make specific allocations for women, women, and girls and their empowerment in every sector. So it's called gender responsive budgeting. So that whether you are dealing with education or health, you allocate, target women and girls uh, in regard to uh, how you spend and how much you spend, right? Mm-hmm. so this is this is these are just some examples. Then, if you look at political participation and leadership, we work in 80 countries on women uh, women's political participation and leadership, which means we work with governments to change laws that discriminate against women's participation in political life, but also to pass affirmative laws that specially provide say, quotas for women parliamentarians. Or that also call upon political parties to provide special treatment to women candidates. Or work to train women candidates. Or work for electoral literacy. So this is the range of, of things that we do uh, on the ground. And of course, our work is also in terms of making sure that you know we that when we support government they have at their disposal the best practices for example one stop crisis centers to support women victims and survivors of violence okay mm-hmm. what are the best practices around the world how how to do quality control how to fund them how to, you know, so it is the how to also that we bring into our work.
1: What I think is so profound about UN Women is that you have identified all the different ways to attack, uh, attack gender inequality on, around the world. By building movements, including uh, the government, grassroots movements, civil society, the private and public sector, from all of these different ways, you're attacking this very complicated and deep-rooted issue. What I think is particularly interesting is the government aspect. Um, I think you said earlier that you do work in 93 countries, I believe. Um, so if I could ask you, what regions do you do your work in with uh, and how important is it to have these conversations that expand past borders?
2: You're absolutely right that unless the other half of humanity, which is men and boys, is integrated into the global movement, and a project for gender equality and women's empowerment. We will not reach there and will continue at the snail's pace that we have been moving, and it's going to take another century. That is why UN Women early on launched a strong uh, and, and now a very powerful movement called the He for She movement to empower. To to really get men to engage, to stand up for gender equality themselves, and be actors in empowering women and girls, in supporting and also in uh, you know spreading, being champions, so that other men and boys also follow uh, on their footsteps. So we have the impact 10 by 10 by 10, uh, you know, initiative of the executive director, uh, Madam Pumzile, and we have uh, heads of state, uh, then uh, CEOs of companies and presidents of universities, all 30 of them, you know, becoming uh, he for she impact champions and showing the way how they can be men who stand up for gender equality and transformation in their uh, spheres of influence and impact. So this is one, but we are developing also a men and boys strategy, which is uh, really to get, and, and we we are working closely with an ongoing movement of men's organizations that are really engaged, like men engage or uh, Pro Mundo, and there are many other uh, men's organizations that work on it. But what I want to really emphasize is that the main cause or, or one of the main causes of deep-seated uh, discriminatory norms, stereotypes and prejudice uh, they are the, you know, they are underlying this a whole issue of inequality, discrimination, and violence against women. And that is the expression of that uh, discriminatory norms, stereotypes, and prejudice. So we have to demolish that. And men's minds, because, you know, this discrimination (laughs) begins in men's minds. It's important that they have a thought change, right? Mm -hmm. So that's, that's the context of our engagement with men and boys for gender equality. Equally, we have a youth strategy. We launched a youth strategy called um, uh, LEAPS Framework, L-E-A-P-S. You know, making the leap to a gender-equal world has to mean that young people, men and women, have to lead that change. Us older generation may not do it as effectively. So mm-hmm. what we have been, what, what this framework is about is leadership L for of young women, uh, economic empowerment of young women, action to end violence against young women, because young women are most targeted, particularly for sexual violence and abuse, and P, the three P's of partnership, partnership with young women-led organizations, partnership with young men and their organizations, and intergenerational partnership. So youth is the other constituency for changing the narrative and discourse. And then you have uh, the whole issue of uh, faith and and uh, how uh, faith has traditionally up, uh, not, you know, interpreted uh, religion in a way that has not been conducive to gender equality. We right. have to change that discourse too. You need a new theology of of gender equality.
1: Now, a lot of the issues that are addressed by UN women clearly is the issue of gender uh, inequality, and this isn't only about educating and inspiring women and providing crisis centers for women, but there's also an aspect of educating men and to uh, act as part of the solution to prevent these trends from continuing. So, if you can tell us more about how you and women is addressing the male side and attacking gender inequality around the world, you know I think that you're hitting the issue on the head. I think when facing these massive issues like gender inequality, one of the most effective solutions is changing the narrative and changing the discourse of the subject. I think it's important to understand what is happening and that the solution isn't impossible to reach. It's not rocket science. I think it just takes a strategic approach in both, again, understanding and then breaking down the issue into its smaller parts. And attracting men and boys, millennials overall, I think... Um, you know, you're changing the conversation. And I think this is something that we needed for a long time. I have to ask you too, you know, what are some of the ways that millennials can get involved in a way that is most effective?
2: Well, I think millennials, first of all, as you rightly said, must uh, uh, consciously, first of all, raise awareness and engage and consciously engage, right? Right. And mm-hmm. you know, mindful awareness is what you know. By by culture, I'm I'm trained to uh, really uh, you know uh, both uh, lead by example on, but also call upon others to. So that is that is the most important thing for millennials, because many, particularly in the developed countries, young women and men think that we have arrived, whereas we haven't. No country in the world has really achieved gender equality. And everyone is uh, still struggling uh, and is way far, far behind. Some are more than others, but there is no utopia yet. And that means that young people should not take... Progress for granted, because it, these are reversible, as we all know, and there are always dangers lurking in different aspects of of our environment. And also, uh, I think we have to be aware that you still have gender pay gap, you still have occupational segregation, women are still bearing the uh, two point two and a half times the unpaid care. Work burden, uh, women and girls. In fact, in and in developing countries, it's almost the entire unpaid care burden. Um, so whether it's fetching water and or fetching firewood, and you know, it's it's the penalty of poverty, which also falls mostly on women and girls. So I mm-hmm. think one is for young people to realize that this is a seminal issue of our time that or oh, and it is and that has happened now in agenda 2030 agenda 2030 recognizes that without gender equality and women's empowerment and the human rights being realized of half of humanity we cannot achieve sdgs we cannot achieve sustainable development for all
1: mm mm-hmm. And this is a perfect way to put a short pause to this incredible conversation. If you are a premium subscriber, be sure to stay tuned to more of our conversation with Lakshmi Puri today. Once again, Lakshmi Puri, it's great to have uh, you on air with us today, the Assistant Secretary General of the United Nations and Deputy Executive Director of UN Women. I'd like to invite all of our listeners to connect with us by going to facebook.com slash women or follow us on twitter at women investing we'd like to thank all of you for listening as well you've been listening to women investing and women and girls this show is produced by the state of women radio network the first radio network for women and girls again if you are a premium content subscriber on the state of women be sure to stay tuned with our guest today lakshmi puri but for now i'm your host michelle jaffe until next time
0: Thanks for listening to Women Investing in Women and Girls. Our discussion continues as we dive in even deeper for our premium subscribers. Click the link for information on exclusive access, premium content, and ad-free listening. Subscribe to our podcasts, join in the conversation on Facebook, and find all of the information you're looking for at thestateofwomen.com.